I appreciate you joining us. We have here on the Empire State of Mind podcast, Freddie Coleman from ESPN Radio. Been on ESPN Radio since 2004 now. A host of several variations of the show. Now currently Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Um, but Freddie and I both spent some time in the Capital District together. I'm a 518 native and I know he spent some time there. So I look forward to talking to that. But I know there's a lot of young up-and-coming sportscasters, young up-and-coming people who have dreams of being on the radio, and I couldn't think of a better person to talk to than yourself. So we appreciate you being here, Freddie. Thank you very much. Uh, my pleasure, Zach, and really appreciate looking forward to knocking it out with you and having a good time. Good, I, and I, I, I couldn't think of anyone better to have on the show today for this topic. Um, Freddie, you know, when I was looking back and doing some research, funny you did something that I did as a kid that my mom used to make fun of me for but tell me a little bit you know what was the reaction from your parents when they would come down to the basement and see you with the television off calling play-by-play calling your own color commentary for the games well I think they wanted they're gonna have to call the guy with the white coach and the jacket that makes you hug yourself and take me away when I was doing that in the basement all that time because I wanted to be so much like my hero that's on tv whether it was Kurt Gowdy whether it was Chris Schenkel whether it was Keith Jackson, they were the voices of my childhood. Pat Summerall doing NFL games. It was so cool that they had a chance to do that and they were able to call the game and make you fully invested in the game and you wanted to be there to do that. So I always wanted to do something like that. I never thought in a million years, Zach, that I would have a chance to do that on any kind of level, whether it's local, national, whatever that is. But they seemed to enjoy what they were doing so much and they made it seem so easy to want to do something like that, that I felt that I was connected with them by having a chance to be a part of the broadcast and doing it in my own way in the basement of my mom and dad's house as I was growing up and watching them work and how they were able to operate when they're able to coordinate and make a broadcast work. Did those games prepare you? How did that prepare you for your time calling games for Marist? Uh, that's a really good question because the one thing I learned, Zach, is that Keith Jackson became Keith Jackson by being the first Keith Jackson. He wasn't trying to be the second somebody else or the third somebody else. So that was the main thing that I took from their approach. When you heard Kurt Gowdy, when you heard Chris Schenkel, when you heard those wonderful broadcasters of my youth, they were being themselves. They were imparting themselves on the game but not being above the game. And that was the one biggest lesson that I was able to learn was that you can be the best Freddie Coleman you can be or you can be the best Zachary Grady you can be, but you have to be you. You can't worry about being part two of somebody else or part three of somebody else, because that's clearly going to show no matter what kind of broadcast you're doing or what team that you have a chance to be broadcasting about. Fast forward a little bit. I know a lot of the people here and myself, I met you through an internship and we're all looking for that next internship. But more importantly, let me ask, what did you take from those first internships? What did you get out of those? The one thing I got was that the more versatile that you can become and make yourself, the more employable you're going to be. And I tell every young person, it doesn't matter who or where you're interning, learn as much as you can, because there are going to be plenty of people that are going to help you on your way, especially if you're not afraid to ask questions, especially if you have a persistence about you that wants to learn and wants to be better and wants to make sure that you're doing everything you can to be better at your craft. And I know more than ever before in this day and age, Zach, it's very hard to not have the art of conversation or the one the art of conversation. But if you're going to be in our business, you better understand exactly how that's going to go. And a big part of that is having those conversations with people, 
not being afraid to ask questions, not being afraid to learn, not being afraid to learn as much as you possibly can. So it's not something where you can look at it and say, well, I don't need to worry about talking to that person. That person can't help me. Well, yeah, just by having a conversation with that person, it'll teach you exactly how to converse with people in our field, whether you're going to be on air or whether you're going to be behind the scenes. So the more conversations you can have, the better it's going to help you, not only from a personal standpoint, but also a professional standpoint. So going past your first internship, you're in Portland, Maine, making $12,000 working at a strawberries. Mm-hmm. How yes. did you keep the blinders on? How did you stay focused on the, you know, the dream ahead? It was always something I wanted to do because I never thought I was going to be in that kind of position, Zach, because when I was growing up, listening to radio DJs, they were bigger celebrities to me than athletes, than actors, than entertainers, than singers, because they were so good at their art form and the intimate art form that is radio. I never thought I would be doing something that Chuck Leonard, what he did at 98.7 Kiss in New York, or Art Rush Jr., or Scott Shannon, or Scott Muni, some of the great people I had a chance to grow up listening to night after night as a young kid, then becoming a teenager. So when I have finally had a chance to do that, when I have finally a chance to have step one, even though I did not know that was step one of my dream, it was not hard for me to keep focused because I wanted to be the best radio personality I could possibly be. And I was not going to let anything or anybody get in the way of that. And I think a lot of times it can be very easy to lose your focus because Life 101 can get in the way. But that doesn't mean that you allow Life 101 to stay in your way, especially when you have a passion for something that you really enjoy and you really love. And I had a passion for radio growing up as a kid, but I never thought that that passion would lead to any kind of employment, having a chance to do that my first radio job in Portland, Maine. You talked about the the heroes of radio, the the superstars, the, the rock jocks. So classic rock. Picks 106, the Capital District. What's it like not necessarily talking sports, but, you know, spinning records for a classic rock station? Oh, I had so much fun working at Picks 106 or even before that WPDH, Poughkeepsie, New York, or WWRL, a soul station in New York City, because it was always a cool thing to see and hear radio personalities and putting records together and putting a playlist together. My dad asked me the question one time when WKRP in Cincinnati was on the air. And after I had gone off the air and I first started working in radio, he said, how much of that is like the TV show? I said, times 100, because there are a lot of things that you don't see in here that they could never put on TV that we go through on a day-by-day basis. So it was always cool. And I'll never forget the first time, Zach, I actually had an airship. I really had to take some time to take a step back and say, I can't believe I'm about to do something that so many people have done throughout the years and throughout the decades and even throughout the century of radio. And I get a chance to do that here in a pretty good market in Portland, Maine, because plenty of my peers in college, they still got started radio stations that were a lot smaller than a city like Portland, Maine. So I knew how blessed and fortunate I was to have a chance to have my first time having a chance to speak on the air and play records on the air in a great market like that. But it was really a head shaking, knee knocking experience, having a chance to do something that I always wanted to do, but never thought I was able going to get the opportunity to do something like that as well. You know, what was your experience like in the Capital District? Oh, I still have so many fond memories having a chance, not only working at PIX 106, but then having a chance to have my own sports show on the Fox Sports Radio affiliate at 980 AM, doing that with John Tobin. And Albany was a market Zach always wanted to work in. Even when I was working at Poughkeepsie, New York, there was always something special about Albany that people used would go there and stay there because of the great atmosphere. They're great people, and you have a great time working at a great place in a great market. So I always wanted to do something like that. When that opportunity came along, 
to first do that for Picks 106, doing that on weekends for the Classic Rock Station and then for the Fox Sports Radio affiliate. I thought for the longest time when I finally was able to break through and get up there, I said, man, if I could live here the rest of my life, I really would because I loved everything about Albany. I love the people. I love the vibe. I love the atmosphere. But when ESPN radio comes calling, you can't turn that opportunity down because once those opportunities come and go, they may not come back again, no matter how great the Albany market is. So that's the only reason I left Albany was because ESPN radio came calling. If that had not happened, I could have heard, I could have seen and envisioned myself being in Albany for a long, long time, making my career and making my name in a great area. Okay, so ESPN Radio did come calling. What what was your reaction when you got the phone call? I was completely stunned because I never thought it out that far, Zach, to be honest with you. And it's not as if I didn't believe I didn't have the talent to work there. I just never thought that that could be another step in my career. I've always been a big believer that you should be happy where you are. You should be happy where your feet are planted. And if your feet are planted, no matter where that is, and you're getting a lot of satisfaction out of that, and you're able to further your ambitions being in that one place, then that can be Valhalla for you. It doesn't have to be on a national level or a regional level. You can really have that happiness and find that self-satisfaction and don't have to worry about your name being out there maybe as much as it should or more than it should. So when ESPN Radio came a calling for me to audition to be a part of that network, I was completely stunned because I never even had that on my radar to even be a part of the ESPN radio family or the ESPN family. And that's not to say that I didn't have a goal of wanting to be there. I just didn't concern myself with that. It didn't consume me enough to say, if I don't get there, that means I did not have a great career. I never even put that into my mindset because I clearly believe that what I was able to do up to that point, I was able to have a really good career working in radio and working in TV. So when that call came, I said, I don't care what happens. If I get a chance to audition, even if I don't make the call, if I, if I don't make the team, so to speak, I know I had a chance to do Sunday. A lot of people would never, ever have a chance to do. And that put me ahead of practically everybody else in our business. We're here with Freddie Coleman of Freddie and Fitzsimmons, 9 to 1 every day, Monday through Fridays on ESPN Radio. All right, so Freddie, we all envision being at ESPN as students. We all think, you know, we're going to walk the hallways and Mr. Met and Arnold Palmer and, you know, the Oregon Duck are going to be there. So what was it like? when you actually got there compared to what you thought it was going to be? Zach, I couldn't believe that I was actually in a building where Chris Berman and the late Stuart Scott and the late Tom Mees and Robin Roberts and Linda Cohn had a chance to be a part of those hallways that you speak of. I remember the first day I got there to audition and just driving past the front gate, parking my car, walking into the building. I could not believe I was actually in that space, that I was actually in that place. And I said, man, oh, man, I have to really make sure I focus on what's important here. That is putting out the best radio show that I can put out as a part of this audition. Uh, but it is a really cool place to just be in and know who has been able to walk those halls and what kind of conversations that they had in those halls. And if, if those walls could talk, what would they actually say about this person or that significance or that situation? It was really cool being in there the first day. And honestly, it hasn't lessened. It's still I still get a kick out of walking in the building. Each and every night I do my radio show, I still get a kick of walking through different buildings where people had a chance to do shows. I have those conversations or their desks or in certain places on the campus. I still get a I still get a jazz and get a great vibe out of walking to the building each and every day. And I thought that the longer I was there, that it would really dissipate a little bit. It has not even come close to doing that. So I know how really blessed I get a chance to walk into that building and still get a charge out of being in there. And I've been there almost 17 years. Yeah, you've been there since 2004. 
So how has your show prepped evolved since you've been there to now, especially working with different, you know, co-hosts and different talents throughout the years? I really focus on not just what we call playing the hits, what's popular out there, but if there's a certain story out there, a certain angle that I can find about the storyline or the person involved in the storyline that I really love finding out about that. I really love finding out something that somebody may have known or may not have known and bringing that to the consumption for the public. So my prep really, I'll be honest, Zach, my prep is about the same as when I worked in music radio. It didn't matter if I was working for a classic rock station or a top 40 station or a classic soul station. I wanted to find out more about either current events, popular culture, but also something about the artists. And that can be very hard to do when you work for classic rock. You're not telling something about the Beatles that people have not heard about the Beatles before. But I always will look for different things about that. And that's really part of the way I've been able to go about show prep. You know about the, the significance of things going on. You know what's the top of the mind awareness. But then finding out a story behind this story and bringing it to the table and bringing that to the conversation. I was doing those things when I was involved in music radio. So that really hasn't changed for me being a sports talk radio. I've been able to always wanting to find out because my mind just never shuts down. And I'm sure that's a blessing at times, but it can be a curse because I'll, I'm not working on radio on the weekends and something will pop into my mind. I have to remember to write it down so I can have to talk about it when the situation comes up on a Monday or the next time back on radio. So my mind is always prepping. My mind is always working because I've determined that when I get on the air, I'm going to make sure you get the best of me and not the mediocre of me or the worst of me. Well, I mean, you've been, as I mentioned, on the air since 2004. You've been a staple of the ESPN lineup that's kind of flipped over one or two or three times in your tenure. Has uh, there been any consideration, you know, changing your place in the batting order? I look at it this way. I know how things can be very fluid in our business, but I've never looked at it. Okay, I want to do this. Or I should be doing that because I think it, it, you don't want to have resentment flow into your mind. And then that's really going to show on the air. I tell people all the time that we're in the unique spot that whatever goes on that they talk about the next day, we're already in the middle of it. We've had a chance to sink our teeth into it before anybody else does. And we've been able to create that unique niche. I've been able to create, create that as a part of my persona, my radio persona, all the years at ESPN radio. And even when I had a chance to fill in on earlier shows, I've enjoyed those experiences, but I've never looked at it and felt that I've been missing out or that I've been overlooked mainly because I know what we've been able to create. Yeah, the morning show the morning show is going to be the most important part of radio because if morning shows don't win, then your network is going to suffer. But I also know what we've been able to do is to create that kind of audience participation, that people enjoy what we do, that people listen to us longer than maybe other shows on the network because we have that chance to be involved in the middle of something right then and there. And people know exactly what Freddie Coleman is saying, what Ian Fitzsimmons is saying. So by the time the next day gets it, People who may wake up and listen, say, oh, Freddie and Ian already talked about that. It can be old news to them. So we know that we continue to be at the forefront of those things, really being ahead of the curve when it comes to stuff like that. And we've been able to be a valuable member of ESP Radio, no matter what day part significance is placed on others above us. I know myself personally, when I was working for an ESPN morning show, the first opinions we would go to every morning would be Freddie. Let's hear what Freddie said. <laughs> The night before. So, um, you know, whether it be big board sports or any of the other midday shows, we very much leaned on what your opinion was from the, the previous evening. So I definitely understand what you're saying there. So, but I wouldn't be doing my job here if I didn't get a little piece of advice for the students. What's something that you can, 
relate to or pass down to the students here at the Dan Patrick School to keep them going? One of the things I tell people all the time, don't be afraid to fail because it can be very easy that you believe that everything should work. And if everything doesn't work out, you feel that you're missing out or that you should try something else. I've been fired from jobs three times. If that didn't deter me and keep me out of this business, then you should not allow a speed bump or, or a bad moment to happen during the day or during your job to really put you in a hole where you believe you can't get out of. So it's okay to have that faith in yourself that everything is not going to work out, but you learn from that experience. You make sure that if it comes up again, that you won't fail again, that you'll be able to benefit from that, from not succeeding in that moment. I know plenty of times people want validation. If they don't get it instant, if they don't get it instantly, then they wonder if they have a place. You always are going to have a place, but you can't be afraid. You can't have that fear factor about you that you're afraid to try and step outside of your box, but keeping the baseline of what will make you successful from a personal standpoint and a professional standpoint. So it's okay to, to dip your toes out there and see if the water is cold, or if the water is warm, or if the water is too hot. You don't get anywhere if you don't try. You don't get anywhere if you don't attempt something and see exactly what the end result is going to be. Failure does not mean that that's it for you. Failure means that that situation didn't work out, but that means another situation is going to be there for you to make it work, not only for yourself, but for everybody else involved. So it's okay to have a fearlessness about you. That doesn't mean you're reckless, but that doesn't mean that you can just retreat it within yourself and think that that's going to work and not try anything. Don't be afraid to step outside and say, I think I have an opportunity to do that. Let me try. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll try something else. You can listen to Freddie Coleman every night, Monday through Friday, ESPN Radio. Freddie and Fitzsimmons, you can follow him on Instagram at Coleman Experience. You can follow him on Twitter at Coleman ESPN. Freddie, thank you so much for your time today. My pleasure, Zach. Continue success, my friend. Be well and take care. Let's do this again in October when we're celebrating the Mets winning the NL East. How about that? Oh, absolutely. How about when the Mets win the World Series? And let's not just celebrate the NL East. Let's do this again when the Mets win the first World Series since 1986. Let's do that then. Absolutely. So thank you so much for your time, Freddie. My pleasure, brother. You take care, Zach. You have a good day.